Good afternoon. My name is Alastair. This is Jared to Jared. On this week's episode, the Jareds discuss the movie Borat. 90s comedy tropes. Dion Baron Cohen. Satire. Circumcision. And much, much more. Gentlemen. The time is now. What does Ashley say about the pod? <laughs> oh, she's funny. She's like, uh, she's listening to uh, the most recent one. And she was like, she was like, man, you guys could like just keep going, huh? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, actually, we did. Jared edited it out like 30 minutes. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this has been like, this is literally just like <clears throat> portions of an ongoing conversation since 2016, you know, like, right. <laughs> she was like, yeah, you guys really like don't run out of shit to say. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. That's what I was saying. Like a lot of podcasts stop because they don't have shit to say. Me and you, this is a bit, <laughs> this is yeah. conversation one still. We haven't yeah, started seriously. our second conversation yet. Seriously. Or like even um, because <clears throat> I watched Borat with her and she was hanging out watching some of it and I was like sharing some ideas with it. And she's like, she's like, you guys are literally able to fucking like philosophize about Borat. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, she's laughing, you know? Oh, that's hilarious. I'm just like, how could you not? <laughs> yeah, because I was like, look, man, Borat, you could, there's so many ways you could cut that movie, you know? And she's just like, there are like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> All right, man. So what's, what's today's topic? Borat, Arthurian legends, both. Maybe Borat is an Arthurian legend. Borat as an Arthurian legend. Yeah. Nah, probably not. I mean, if you think of it in like Mark Twain, fucking <laughs> the fucking uh, King Arthur's court. A right. Yankee, a Kazakhstani and Yankee. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. that's kind of what it is, though. You know, I don't know. There's an argument there. There's something there. Yeah, there's something there for sure. So thoughts on Borat as a sci-fi. Is it true? Or... <laughs> Borat as a sci-fi? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, Borat's actually an alien. Borat's actually, uh, or we're actually, yeah. Borat's a illegal alien. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sci-fi. Uh, but no, but in all seriousness, what are your what thoughts? Initial thoughts? Yeah, sure. I mean, there's so many. There, there's so many ways to like cut that movie because it, it really is like a cross section of American culture in the in the early 2000s or 2006. You know right so okay one thing now it's like obvious that really stands out is race right i mean like so much of of that movie and the humor in that movie is is kind of race-based and this sort of like transgression of lines and things like that right you know and you and i mean there's appalling shit you know i mean the i, I think the most appalling scene in that movie is when he's hitchhiking and he gets picked up by the uh by the frat boys okay yeah. And they're all like wasted in the in the van. Right. right. And then Borat's just like, you know, he's, he's like <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen. He right. knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's just he's like trying to pull like yeah. horrible yeah. shit from these people. You're right. So so Borat's like, like, oh yeah, we have slaves in my country, you know? And then right. uh and all the frat boys are just like, dude, that's so cool. Like, I would love to have a slave, you know. <laughs> it's like the most oh, it's shit ever. amazing, yeah. But then that made me think it's kind of similar to the like, you know, Trump hanging out on the on the in the van, you know, not realizing he's being recorded, saying the whole like grab her by the pussy line, where it's just like all of the sort of like disgusting things that are said in privacy. Um, you know, that like that I think no one was to totally sure that that's that those were the perspectives held, you know, or everyone knew, but not publicly. So, and then Borat just kind of went into the private space and just sort of like dragged some of that into the public space. And I think that's what was so like shocking about that movie. Right. Right. I mean, the most shocking part of it is, is that it's like, uh, 
you know, you've been punked. It's a reality, yeah. like reality uh, prank, essentially, you know, it's actually happening in real time. Yeah. You know, and crazy too, like I was telling you all the death threats and shit that he gets from that. He, he almost died multiple times. I mean, his directors doing that film would like, you know, after the rodeo, there's a bunch of cowboys waiting for them outside at their van and shit. They had to oh, run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just like, uh, did you see the second one? Is it the, is there two Borats? There is, yeah, which yeah. I didn't know that. So okay. the Borat came out in 2020. So the second one's wild, man. Is and it? You the second it? one is the one where, dude, he gets Rudy Giuliani. Wait, really? Dude, oh my God, you have no idea. <laughs> so there's this there's this young girl from Kazakhstan he brings with him. Lisa's Mondaj, she is the most beautiful world, number one prostitute, all of Kazakhstan. I'm freaking... Yeah. She's like, it's the most hilarious, like ridiculous. She's so wild and just like ugly and disgusting, crazy, <laughs> fake teeth and like hair all disheveled. Yeah. But by the middle of the movie, he like takes her to get cleaned up so she could do an interview with Rudy Giuliani. And turn, it turns oh out she's God. like super hot actress, you know. Yeah, so, and then he tells Rudy Giuliani that she's like, "This is my fifteen year, you know, she's fifteen years old. Giants wants to do an interview of you." Blah blah blah. Goes into a hotel room. They do the interview, whatever, and then he's like, "Okay, you want to go into the room?" Freaking, she he goes into the room, and he like starts taking his pants off with that with the girl. And Rudy the, or Borat? Rudy. Oh, man. Borat's not even in there. It's just Rudy and the girl. Oh, and, shit. And the girl's like, <laughs> it takes him in there. And she, she, you know, she's like, they're about to, he thinks they're going to have sex. He's like taking his pants off on the bed. Yeah. And Borat, you know, Sasha, actually Sasha, Sasha freaks out, you know, off camp. That Like, this is a story. So he runs in as Borat. <laughs> and he's like, oh my God, okay, we gotta go. This is like, you know, God, we're gonna take a, you know, it's a Holy wild shit. scene, man. And then they ask freaking, uh, they ask uh, Rudy about it. And he's like, oh, I was just adjusting the microphone on my, you know, adjusting the microphone on my pants and shit. The dude, this made like national news. Freaking, oh, Sasha's a genius, man. <laughs> That's crazy. See, and that's interesting because one of the things I was thinking watching Borat One was like, could that could that type of movie be filmed today? You know, I think people would be like privy to being filmed. You know, it's like we've had Jackass, we've had Punk, we've had Borat. People are like aware of that. There's cameras fucking everywhere. I think everyone's pretty, you know, aware of being being filmed and things like that. You know, but apparently it still can be done, which is pretty funny. Well, yeah, because you're unsuspecting, you know. Yeah, yeah. It just, you know, takes something so small and somebody a little less intelligent to fall for it, you know. Yeah. Hey, well, here's a question for you, because it made me think of like PC culture, right? Where it's like watching the original 2006, it seemed like people were kind of like looser or something. Maybe it was just the shots that they happened to get. But like he's in New York and people are like, I'll break your fucking jaw, man. You know, people are getting pissed, yelling at him. Um, He's talking to these like old Southern racists saying crazy shit. Like, like just the amount of just sort of like American misbehavior there is um, there's so much of it. And now I think we're so maybe overly conscious with like, you know, cancel culture, PC culture, like um self-censorship constantly filming each other like like teenagers like actually drink less today and the reason is not because they want to drink less is because they're they're filming each other and they're scared they're gonna get in trouble so for better or worse you know i mean you know that's just kind of what's happening so i wonder if like do you think that like uh, americans have cleaned up our behavior since 2006 and if we have is it sincere and authentic or is everyone just scared of getting in trouble well it kind of sucks you haven't seen the second one because it's yeah, yeah. that question because it is kind of wild because he does 
there's these two guys he meets at like the freaking insurrection over there in Washington with Trump, you know, and the freaking oh, yeah. and <laughs> and he ends up like living with these guys. He's like, I need a place to live, you know, and they freak <laughs> him out to the woods and it you think yeah. it's gonna be all bad. But these guys are like really nice dudes and they like take him in and they like listen to him about his crazy politics and actually like start changing their minds later. And apparently there's like, I don't know if this is true or whatever, but or like it's been a while since I've seen if it's in the credits or something. But they ended up like legit becoming friends with with freaking Sasha. They were really. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's like so these funny. two hick dudes who live together, you know, out yeah. in the woods, and they're just really dumb. They didn't really know, you know, yeah. just like I don't know. So possibly that could be an example. There's arguments to be made it that it's worse. Arguments to be sure. made that things are better, you know. I right. think that's that's always the case in in every society. Right, it's right. A, it's a pros and cons thing. I do think that people had less of a filter back in 2006 because their technology wasn't readily available. Cancel culture wasn't around. YouTube, I think, was barely a thing. Started right. a thing like, you know, it was certainly nobody had camera phones and the camera phones we did have, they were taking pictures that looked like a freaking, you know, Atari video game. You know, yeah. Pixelated. Yeah. Much less a beautiful video, you know, so like, I think people were definitely more apt to just be like spout off some wild shit, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's the like that guy at the rodeo where he's like, God. where he's talking to that dude, that old dude that was talking. He's like, in my country, we just hang them from the rafters. The yeah. people. And he's like, well, that's what we're trying to do here. A high five. Well, yeah. <laughs> so crazy it's just like wow man people think like that here you know i think it's yeah. it's it, it's still prevalent of course it is yeah sure sure Trump era. i mean yeah there's still like the yeah i mean there is crazy shit that goes on for sure you know yeah. but i think generally i don't know i think aside from the trump people because i think that's part of the like trump ethos is that like you know they're they're you know right flying in the face of pc culture they're like oh fuck it you're gonna tell me what to say well i'm gonna say the opposite you know they're trolls that's like part of what it is right you know so so aside from that group that particular group i think people are like very very i don't know cautious about like what they're saying because we kind of assume that we're being surveilled all the time which we are you know sure sure um Let's do let's do all the big hitters to race. Gender is incredible. Yeah, gender's huge in it. Yeah. You know, uh man, there's honestly so many scenes to pick from. One scene I want to talk about was so bizarre is that guy who's trying to teach him how to make a mother-in-law joke. Oh yeah, that was so funny. (laughs) (laughs) My suit is black. Not oh man, dude, the most brilliant line. When he fucking puts Pamela Anderson in the in the sack and then he's like, you know, has security on top of him and shit. And he's like right. being handcuffed. And he says like is something like, Pamela, I still love you. Not. And nah. it's like, dude, how did this guy not break character? I and excuse know. my Borat impression, it sucks. But like, how did this dude not break character at all? He's a genius, you know. Yeah. Like when him and that dude like, are fucking naked in the conference room, stuff, you know? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> and they just didn't stop. They just keep going. And it's like, what the hell? There's got to be something wrong with the, with the guy too. You know, just like when we talked about Alex, whatever the, the free solo guy. Oh yeah. Had right. Like no, the no fear, you know, the part of his brain was unstable or like, didn't work right. Yeah, yeah. Probably same with Sasha socially. Because doing those things, I'd be so scared to like go control a a rodeo full of people or like so crazy dancing with like a bunch of dudes on the side of the street. Just like, you ever heard this song? I'm like, 
<laughs> oh, that shit was so funny with those oh, kids, man. like outing. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. And they're just like, no. Like, and then also like the whole time he's also trolling Middle Eastern culture, which I think this yeah. day and age wouldn't fly either, you know. But oh, like, people have literally gotten like like assassination attempts for that like salmon rushdie and shit oh like, yeah that's writing a book about the middle east you know it's like right <laughs> it is, like the, just the i love the the opening scene of his village it's so crazy yeah. or yeah or i guess uh not middle east eastern european like sure, Soviet. sure, sure. <laughs> my mother oldest woman in the village <laughs> she's 43 so good and just oh, wait, like, go back to the gender thing i feel like you were gonna say something about that uh well there's that one there case in point when he meets up with the with the feminist women you know oh, man, so essentially fun. what he's doing is trolling those those like eastern european middle eastern cultures that exploit yeah. females you know yeah um what are your thoughts because Dion has some controversial thoughts on like women wearing burkas and and or uh, what are those things called, right? The cover face coverings and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. What are my thoughts on it? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I don't want to wear one. I don't know. That's 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 about the extent of my thought on it. It's like if someone if someone wants to wear that and you wear it, and I don't want to wear it, so I'm not going to. You know, it's like. I don't know. Like if someone wants to, cool. I'm down. You know, if someone doesn't want to, that's cool too. I don't care. You know, in those countries that people are f- forced to wear stuff, like that's not okay. You know, right, right. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I feel like I don't have much like thought on it. But why? What's Dion's thing? Dion thinks you got to be out of your mind. Dion's Bill Maher. You know, he thinks with religions. You know, so it's just like, how could you? You know. And well, it's also like, like that. yeah, yeah. And it's also like a far liberal take to to just be like, to you know, exploitation of women, etc. Trying to cover up the female body and the face and all this stuff. Sure. Yeah, yeah. He's all into that. If that woman wants to do it, you know, more power to her. You know, I suppose. Dion, I think it's kind of cool though. I think Dion comes from a place too where he thinks you're literally batshit nuts if you're doing shit like that. Just like going to church and singing yeah. and eyes rolling in your head at some yeah. Christian Baptist church. Right. You're just as crazy to be doing that shit as anything else. Yeah. Bill Maher. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, it's even kind of cool because I remember like seeing that for the first time, probably as a kid walking around like Penn Station or something in New York City. And seeing people, you know, just their eyes peering out. And it's like spooky and weird, especially like in the early 2000s. There was post 9-11. So there's this like... The National you know, Geographic. Going on. The National yeah. Geographic girl with the green eyes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Remember but that. Like, it's, I don't know. It makes me feel like like I'm in a... Uh, I'm, in, I'm in Dune or something. It's also kind of cool. It's like... Right, right. Like if you you know, it's kinda of like walking around uh I would like agree. Where's Tatooine people in all these wild costumes and you're like, Whoa, what the hell? Sure, sure. I could see that. I could see that. Hold on, let me let Hagrid up. Yeah. Start barking on it. Yeah, yeah. guess what i'm also getting at is that there's been some controversial like liberal democratic sentimentism for these cultures mm. and i think this was all part of sasha's uh borat's take too on it is how fucking liberal can we get to protect a culture that is that you know genderism racism freaking you name it you know uh economy and shambles freaking cutting people's heads off 
polygamy, yeah. forced polygamy, having sex with kids. It's just like Pamela Anderson was perfect. She had the set, the asshole of a seven year old. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's blatantly freaking, you know, just like, come on, people. Like, yeah. Wake the fuck up. Right. I mean, that's 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 how I read it. I'm, you know, I'm not saying that me or me or you share these thoughts, but that's how the 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 his 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 political commentary came off to me. Yeah, sure. So, okay, here's here's one argument. So, one, I'm an American man. I'm into freedom. I'm in, into uh, independence. So, so that's Sasha, man. Yeah, yeah, that, and that's what I'm saying. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, I think right. Sasha Baron Cohen, Borat, whatever. I think that they're he's the most American man. He's the most American man. He's British, but he's the most American <laughs> man. I mean, everything. He's Every, the most democratic man. I feel like there is this like sense of like deep freedom that he's actually kind of arguing I think for. So, yes. You know, un- underneath underneath the uh, you know, the pure hilarity and disgusting jokes and everything else, I think there's a sense of of freedom, right? Where I mean one to to be able to just sort of like transgress all these different different lines and boundaries in society, you know, racial, gender, class, all these things. He he's just moving between boundaries like water or something, right? I mean, there's a deep sense of freedom there to be able to like go into a rodeo and sing this ridiculous song. I mean, there's a sense of freedom that that the satirist represents, right? right. So I think yes. that's what he's doing. And sad, the satirist right there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then also taking the, uh, you know, when he's, when he's trolling the, um, the feminists and everything, even that is like, it, it's pushing them. It's pushing their edges. It's like, it's like, yeah. How much can you take before you, before you break kind of, I think there's something to that and it's even, I don't know. Yeah. There's something, something to that. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm fully getting at it, but yeah, there's some kind of freedom to the satirist. And I think it is this like distinctly American kind of freedom and pointing out people's hypocrisies, right? Okay. So this is just a quick, quick Google search here. What do you got? The term sat- satire was coined by the classical rhetorician Quintilian, who used the root of the Latin word satira, which means fool, and was familiar to many Romans from the phrase lang, lang-, lang- satira, which described a medley of fruits, huh. and apparently conveyed the miscellaneous quality of early satire. Weird. Interesting. Satire is the art of making someone or something look ridiculous, raising laughter in order to embarrass, humble, and discredit its targets. Yeah. Essentially, you couldn't have said it better. That's that's exactly where I was going for, too, because I think if it was in a world where this attire was... Tatooine, everybody was cool. It's Dune. This is, you know, we love this shit. It's hot. Lawrence of Arabia. That would be one thing. But you have these scenes, even still, they freaking killed some girl in the street for not wearing hers the other day, you know? Yeah. And uh, that's that to a person like Sasha Baron Cohen, Dion Baron Cohen, that blows their mind. Dion Baron Cohen. <laughs> it blows their mind because these these men are are freedomists. They're they're uh who who is the uh, French the French Revolution guy we always talk about? Robespierre. What was it? Robespierre. Robespierre, is that the one? Yeah. Okay. Well, he's the one who got his head chopped off during the uh. Revolution. Yeah, yeah. He, he like he like was one of the figures who like started the revolution, but then like became a victim of it. He, yes, he's the one who got his head chopped off. Right. Yeah, is that who you're thinking of? Yeah, man. For okay. some reason, the, his first name was. I thought it was different. I really did. It, well, his first name isn't Robes, and I'm sure I'm saying it wrong because it's French. But it's like, right? right Isn't his last right, name right, like right. like 
Yes. Robespierre, you know? Robespierre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, yes. Well, we're talking about the same person, you know? We are, yeah. That dude was a Sasha Baron Cohen. Mark Twain was, you know, there's there were these certain figures out there. Dion Twain, you know, um, that they they just can't take like religious oppression and what it means to the mental. Yeah. Observatorium that takes away freedoms, you know. Yeah. Well, look, man, I'm a I'm an anarchist in the sense that. I'm an anarchist in the sense that I believe most deeply in, in, in personal freedom, right? People can do whatever they want as long as it doesn't harm, you know, someone else. And then it starts to get, you know, more complex after that. But, okay, take like female circumcision and like, you know, a few, you know, African tribal spaces, things like that. You know, like Alice Walker writes best about this stuff. It's terrifying, what goes on with like female circumcision it is literally the most terrifying shit you can imagine based on what i've read and and that's one of those issues i mean you know this comes up in like undergrad philosophy classes and shit where it's like okay do we do we respect that culture and just say like well it's a cultural preference it's not ours but okay you know even though it's like harming you know 12 year old 13 year old girls and shit like that right i mean deeply harming them, um, maiming them for life. Right. Um, or do we take the, the other end of the spectrum, which is like, we we're the American saviors. We need to go in and, you know, turn everyone into Americans and democratize everything. Like we thought we were going to do in Iraq and shit like that. And Vietnam, it's ridiculous. No, we're not going to do that either. Um, but I think it comes down to like, personal preference. And I know that, you know, in these societies, personal preference isn't very much available for a 13 year old girl, you know, but if there's an individual who wants to do that, who wants to wear burka, burka, whatever, who is taking, you know, the personal initiative to do these things. Yeah, sure. I'm not going to question it. Absolutely. Do your thing, you know, but if the society is like, you know, forcing them to do it and oppressing them to do it, I mean, that's something different then there's no personal freedom in that you know well then uh, often i'm also i'm not going to be the one who's going to roll up and freaking this tribe in africa and be like hey guys i don't think you should be doing that you know it's like i don't know these fucking people i don't want to get my head chopped off you know like sure like, we don't want am, am i responsible that, for yeah. that you know right don't want to engage in like a white savior complex right yeah. or like you're saying world policing america yeah you yeah. know However, we don't have to be like, oh, I fully accept what they do on a right. moral, personal level, Foucault, right. you know, yeah. we can also believe it to their behaviors, certain behaviors to be abhorrent, you know? Right. Exactly. And yeah. we also, but who cares? What's my belief got to do with anything? Like right. they, no one in, no one in one of those societies gives a shit if Jared McHugh over in Denver, Colorado thinks good or bad about what they're doing you know like who cares belief does it it's vapor it doesn't even exist you know what it does though is it creates you know artistic expression look at borat all of sasha baron cohen's yeah. work is based <laughs> off of yeah you know hit the hit the expression of his ideologies and his you know feelings against certain political sociological racial gendered standards yeah that other people seem to accept for some weird reason you know which yeah. he, he doesn't it doesn't seem good to him but i do get what you're saying too in terms of normality uh what's normal and what's abnormal is a matter of opinion in terms of cultures right. and we should start looking inward because our obsession with uh, uh, circumcising our young boys Right, right, yeah. Is a freaking epidemic. It's it's terrible. Yeah, they don't realize that they takes away almost seventy five percent of the filling of wow. a penis. And drug companies are now getting rich off of impotent young American men who can't, you know, get erections or finish because their freaking wankies were chopped off when they're younger, man. Right, right. 
because they thought it was like unclean we're in christian nation what the hell does that even mean you know yeah yeah no stop and that's the same thing that's happening you know female circumcisions it's a religious based right it gets clean or something like that and boom they do it and it's just we justify these wild things on people that don't have a choice in the matter and that's another thing with religion is you know oftentimes it's kids are like oh i'm choosing to wear this you know but they don't really know because they're in this weird crazy thing you know right see and that's the thing it's like i mean and that's the value of uh well philosophy in the sense that we were talking about it last week philosophy has like lived action constantly questioning constantly you know tearing apart your own belief system not just the ones outside of you you know because if you're if if you think you know i don't know i'm supposed to be wearing a burqa or i'm totally gonna circumcise my child or whatever whatever the issue is um i think it's always important to go a step deeper than that and say well why do i think that do i think that because i was conditioned to think it do i think it because i was indoctrinated and acculturated or do i sincerely genuinely in my heart believe that you know right because if there's sincerity and authenticity like okay fine you know sure sure again if it's tattooing style and you you're all for it you're an adult <laughs> want to do it yeah yeah and then then go for it you know in certain cultures i mean i don't want to be vlad the impaler hair freaking tell right. turk to take off his burqa you know yeah. And that's another thing that, you know, that's where the left could go too far. Like, you know, yeah, make, make Sasha Baron Cohen the president and he might be nailing Burke's people's heads. who don't want to take him off, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me this. Are comedians the smartest humans on the planet at all times throughout all generations? That's a ridiculous question. Um no well i don't know i think that's a very loaded question that's like assuming you know <laughs> i think there's an argument to say that they are i really do maybe not like philosophically speaking philosophically speaking yeah i don't know so okay i well i saw this funny meme that was like um okay comedians on on podcasts are always like oh yeah comedians are really like the last philosophers of humanity i mean we're really the ones holding down like true thought you know and then and then the next scene is like comedians on stage and they're making like poop jokes right right you know and it's like so i don't know you know are some comedians like really 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 smart and really clear you know on on what's going on in our society and all that uh yeah absolutely i mean some some comedians are so fucking smart um and just their storytelling abilities and and all of that i mean are like dave Chappelle, like that dude's a genius like he's a really 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 smart guy Chappelle, um, uh, uh Louis CK, i know he got me too but still brilliant right. dude you know um so many brilliance out there there was somebody i was thinking of Chris Rock's really good too. Uh, there's somebody I was just thinking of though. That's like, oh, while well, Sasha, you know. All right, wait. Here's a question about Borat. Do you think that Sasha is taking aim at human beings, at, at individuals and people? Because he does make a lot of people really uncomfortable. Is he taking aim at people, or is he taking aim at ideology and belief systems that the people hold? I mean, I would say both. I think that you <laughs> you have to have an intrinsic, you know, a real in deep, so deeper like distaste for people, which only gets acquired through, you know, disgust of their ideologies and behaviors. So yeah, yeah. So I think he tries to target both. Like I think it bothers. Mm. So much that he actually tries to target both you know and what's interesting about him is he's a clarence darrow yeah absolutely. he's there like representing like a fake version of terrorists or whatever you know that yeah. was the vision of like what a right. terrorist was in 2006 yeah like some dude with curly hair that wore a gray suit and was like afraid of jews you know <laughs> and then uh uh 
but then he he makes fun of the of the left side. He, he exploits and satirizes the the, the right with at the rodeo at the freaking you know whatever it may be rich yeah. people etc so right literally everyone he's Clarence Darrow yeah he he's Clarence Darrow I would also say that's true too. A lot of comedians are idiots and a lot of scholars are idiots. But, you know, I think there's philosophers and scholars, writers, painters, comedians, actors, whatever it may be. Yeah. That, you know, are are better than others, essentially. Yeah. So Hey, here's here's uh, some like one of the scenes I, I want to talk about because I found it peculiar. So when he goes up to those he's just like driving through the hood or whatever in his freaking ice cream truck <laughs> and then um, <laughs> and then he approaches those like you know a group of black kids who are just like hanging out whatever and then and then borat goes up to them and you know does this whole borat thing right um part of that scene like like the shock of that scene again is like transgression of boundaries and stuff right where it's like you know, I know he's like he's supposed to be Eastern European or whatever, but you know, he's a white dude and he's like going into this like black space and and it's supposed to be like, oh man, I hope he's gonna be okay talking to those like black gangster kids or whatever, you know? And but that that's the tamest scene in the whole movie, you know, because it's like he goes up to like and that's kids. what's intentional about it exactly know? he goes up yeah. to these kids that that the society dubs as dangerous and whatever else right and then they're they seem pretty fine and pretty okay compared to like the old dude at the rodeo who's like let's hang the fucking gays you know? <laughs> right like, right well right? like who would you rather spend your time with you know because i think the pinpoint target there is is the ridiculousness of the color line you right know? yeah and how how we fear that and going into uh you know supposedly black neighborhood or chicano neighborhood brown neighborhood like in santa fe it's airport road right where they say all the chicanos live you know and this and that i love going to airport road best tacos in town you know (laughs) just like the best freaking grocery stores and shit you know and that's the truth of it and that's what borat was was trying to show too you know so and really the scariest people were the ones that were like super rich we're trying to do like manners or whatever that just like all this really weird bizarre behavior you know yeah that and really like hateful behavior too you know yeah you're saying dude at the rodeo whatever um yeah another point on gender too which is funny is that it's also correlates with like jackass culture i know you mentioned that in text message too yeah but this like hyper uh uh um like homoerotic <laughs> homoeroticism you know that was happening in the in the 2000s mm. within like bro culture yeah definitely. and you know to criticize borat of course it's not like a freaking legendary masterpiece you know? <laughs> <laughs> like uh there is some criticisms there to be had and sure. i think he does engage in some of that like bro culture with the you know his director or whatever but yeah. then that's also calling to intention that how like conservative the nineties were with like homoeroticism and like, mm-hmm. you know, cause like even in jackass and stuff like Steve-O and party boy, they're like wearing thongs half the time, like taping stuff to their dicks, like monsters right. and like, you know, and he's there with like <laughs> his director, like, you know, squat or jumping on his face on the bed <laughs> you know, wrestling. And like, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen Bruno. Have you seen Bruno? The one where he's like an Austrian, like gay. Yeah. And if I did, it was like yeah, years right, ago. Right. That was yeah. wild too. Um, <clears throat> you know. It it was just in like the time for that. I don't know if that's too much a thing anymore, you know? No, yeah. Like, I feel like part of a 90s, 2000s humor was like, I mean, like, like gay was always like a, uh, 
a punchline, right? You know, right, right. Like just like gay was the punchline, and like farts were the punchline. You know, <laughs> right. Like, like that was and and fun. like mental disabilities. Yeah, yeah, like exactly. Yeah, favorite. Yeah. Like half of Adam Sandler's wealth came from playing like people with Aspergers. You know, <laughs> dude. Seriously, yeah. The guy made a whole fucking career on like pretending <laughs> to be mentally ill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right the water boy oh. just like mama say let the, the mama say it yeah yeah oh man that's funny so like i wanted to write an article me and dion want to collaborate on just like you know making fun of the disabled in the 90s how that was like one of the key that's, forms that's of the <laughs> forms of the 90s like why and that's part of the Trump thing too. For for some reason, the Borat movie sparked a lot of thought about about Trump. I don't know why, but like, because I, I think like among Trump people, there seems to be this like nostalgia, right? I mean, make America great again, and you're trying to like go back to something, and that includes humor. I feel like they all want to like regress back into a form of humor that that's comfortable, you know, where it's like making fun of retarded people or whatever, you know, it's like. Right right oh sure and that's and that's hilarious and and what it really is is just like nostalgia for like you know your childhood in the 90s when like adam sandler could was funny you know right exactly (laughs) dropping our bombs at the republican convention yeah exactly right and it's just like oh man love that dude (laughs) (laughs) it's nobody jokes like that anymore make comedy great again man yeah right, right start making like you know yeah i mean not to say i don't love happy gilmore and all those movies like oh, they're fine yeah, too, sure. you know it's it's yeah. it's also a, a means of like having a sense of humor and it's not really just about that you know sure 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 it's also just slapstick comedy and that's also what slapstick comedy has been since yeah, it's just people being dumb, in right? times is just yeah. people being dumb making fun of dumb people and yeah you know also i think that's a long-running tradition is like making fun of each other for like health health reasons falling down or like yeah yeah exactly yeah whatever like you know they're even in like i mean charlie chaplin right just like comedy i'm even thinking like medieval bible times whatever it is making fun of bald people whatever it's just a weird human inclination to make fun of like human you know inabilities yeah 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 well that's the weird thing about humor too because there's there's one way in which humor can be satire where you're actually um you know calling out hypocrites and and you know it's the freedom of the satirists and all that sort of stuff but then there's another way in which humor can be used as a uh, control mechanism you know as a as a oppressive mechanism right i mean laughter is part of how we how we control one another and 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 say this is what the society deems acceptable and if you if you step out of those boundaries we're going to make fun of you right right. laugh at you and ridicule you and get you back into line yeah no so there's also something you know humor also has a uh, oppressive uh potential so what was the like what 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 what's the like generational after 9-11 like comedy a progression to what we have now like what is what's even like when was the last time you're like man like most hilarious movie came out i mean they stream i've seen some like new good Mm. streamers shows more you know yeah but like movies like dumb and dumber and stuff like that yeah, Even I feel like, like I have planes, trains, and automobiles. Uncle Buck in the eighties, you know, seventies. There's comedy. Right, right. I just don't feel like, or even in like the two thousand, like in the aughts or twenty tens, yeah. you would get like the Seth Rogans and like you know. Yeah, yeah, all those like Seth Rogan comedy now. dead. Maybe, all right, maybe the comedy film is dead because I think stand-up comedy, comedy is film. thriving. Also, the right. like I said, like shows are like there's a, re- a lot of like dark shows, like you know, yeah, fake faux superhero shows and stuff that are like right. hilarious, you know. 
yeah. but they're also like really dark you know some of them are and some of them you know i don't know there's there i think in in tv even like uh really famous dude i can't think the righteous gemstones and uh i don't know but danny mcbride um he's thriving on hbo you know making shows but the movies that he makes now are horror yeah he he did the halloween series and he's doing the new exorcist yeah Whereas in like 2015s, 2010s, whatever, he's making movies with Seth Rogen, Pineapple Express, you know, the end. And it's crazy that this is the end, which came out, I think like 20, I don't know, 15 or something. That was pretty much the end of like the comedy movie as we knew it. You know what? What, What's that movie? Don't Look Up comes to mind. Where I think that one, you know that one? Yeah, with uh, Leo. Yeah, Leo. I think it was... That one's kind of a uh, a dark comedy, but it was almost like too like that one was satirical, you know, where it was all this commentary on like you know climate change, whatever. And it was like, I think that was the last movie I saw that was like supposed to be funny, but it was also like too real to be fully funny. Like I feel like yeah, there hasn't been like a lighthearted like SNL style like Will Ferrell doing dumb something dumb and right. funny. Like that style of movie, stoner comedy, Harold and Kumar. Right. Maybe I'm just unaware of them, which is possible. But like, yeah, I feel like that style of comedy is just kind of faded out. So check this one out if you get bored. It's, uh, do you know the Beer Fest guys? Broken Lizard, Super Troopers, Beer Fest, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They made a movie called Quasi recently and it only came out on hulu you know and it's a feature film but it gives you that like 2015's nostalgia of just like oh man this is just like a straight up comedy like broken lizard movie you know for fun oh cool yeah hey here's something in borat i want to talk about that it's an american road trip movie oh right right yeah i was thinking that too yeah yeah, I mean, he takes he takes the like Jack Kerouac on the road narrative and turns it into this like hyper absurdist, you know, twenty first century slapstick bizarre thing. Where instead of like I don't know hitchhiking and he's like I don't know smoking cigarettes and drinking beer with people, and it's all very romanticized, and they're listening to jazz and stuff like that, like very Kerouac. Instead, he's driving a freaking ice cream truck with like a bear in the back right and and then when he is hitchhiking he gets picked up by these like frat boy fucks you know and it's like he takes that narrative the american road which goes even way before kerouac you know i mean kerouac was tapping into like 30s 30s hobo 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 culture train jumping and stuff like that that's coming from lewis and clark manifest destiny so it's like taking like the westward narrative of of america and completely shitting on analogs you know yeah yeah absolutely uh i I, the one i was thinking too when i was thinking about them hitting the road was uh it's also a really good use of straight up a very classical story structure of the hero's journey. Yeah. Where you have a call to action, you know, it's essentially Willow and, and Lord of the Rings and everything, you know, it's just hilarious because his call to action is watching Baywatch, you know, right. <laughs> so right. It's and so I saw CJ, the most beautiful woman. Loves <laughs> girl. Um, and uh, boom, it's a classic narrative, though. It's a call to action. He has his companion with him, his right. companions, his bear, his chicken, and his director. You know, they're in the ice cream yeah. truck. They hit the road. They got to get to LA, and they're going to find a bunch of, like, they're going to meet trolls on the way, and, you know, the cave monster, and you shall not pass. Right. Eventually, they'll get to Mordor. Bro, it's it's very uh it's like Ulysses, man, James Joyce. I mean, like right. it's actually kind of similar in the Borat, sense that the deepest movie ever made. <laughs> I think so. I think Borat's the deepest movie ever yeah, made. Sure. Because <laughs> in James Joyce, like Ulysses, like all it is is it's it's a day in the life of like a Dubliner, you know, Leopold Bloom, and he's like sure. as he's as he it's it's him going through the hero's journey 
superimposed onto just like mundane reality of day-to-day life within the very specific context of Ireland in the early 1900s. So Borat's doing that for America in 2006. Yes. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. That's really weird. I mean, we figured it out. (laughs) Yeah. That's... Um, Baron Cohen, man, next James Choice. Yeah, seriously. But you know, that's what uh, that's what Duchamp said is that uh, the next great American, or the 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 contemporary, I can't remember how he puts it, but the most important art form in the contemporary period will be film. Mm. And he essentially uh, relates, you know famous artists in the past da vinci michelangelo whatever to directors actors producers writers in the future you know pretty interesting yeah i saw something that scorsese i think it was was inspired by um caravaggio who is a renaissance painter and scorsese would look at this guy's paintings and like just just setting up shots and and all that sort of thing you know i mean he, he was getting inspired by renaissance paintings that just had like very powerful compositions and things like that well we also see the beauty of cinematography you know these days and just yeah with these oh man even dune right yeah we watch a movie like dune because and this is what i love most about the visual art form of of cinema is that it's a freaking visceral experience you know you hear it you see it yeah like you experience emotions with it it's it's crazy even in an rpx you'll feel it you know theater you're chair shaking or whatever the heck you know but uh uh even in those imax theaters you're feeling it you know it's it's loud it's visceral you're seeing it you're hearing it the music it's very musical it's 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 a it's a you know what it is it's a triptych of an emotional experience it's a holy trinity of <laughs> it's a tri- it's a triptych art form is what it is yeah yeah you talk about indoctrination like even though you and i have both like you know left our respective uh churches and conditioning and shit like that like we can't help it man we're still like <laughs> see things with trinity and <laughs> Well, then we're completely indoctrinated into the philosophical like realms we like found love with. Like the triptych is uh Guattari and when he talks about Bake Francis Bacon's paintings, you know. Okay, nice. triptychs, you know. <laughs> See, I wonder like if we can if we can disabuse ourselves of every bit of conditioning ever, like all of it. Go back to center, let go of Would the we want to. stuff in school. Huh? Would we want to? It's, yes and no. Yes and no. Seems like wasted time for me, wasted effort, you know? Right, right. Like we were saying even earlier in the conversation, uh, learning experiences, right? is it, it, it it's not a re, it's not a regretful situation it's a situation in which you know we grow and we learn and yeah just like most times in our lives you know i, I guess i'm thinking now like what does what does pure pure perception look like pure consciousness consciousness that has that is not filtered through the lens of any any religious conditioning any philosophical conditioning any political historical conditioning just removing your consciousness fully from the context in which you currently are is there such a thing as just pure consciousness and uh what would that be does does consciousness necessarily rely on these filters on these objects if you get rid of those filters and objects is consciousness null does it go away is it just gone is there something like pure consciousness that you're just hanging out in then is it do we stop existing you know what is it i think that it is something very bad whatever it is Mm. and it's something that we do not want to experience um Say, say more why that's because my evidence for that argument would be 
we literally most 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 societies classify the abuse of a child um if you were to isolate them say in a basement yeah and only feed them and that's it they like have you, do you know the they have to like yeah right she's locked in there all day but really though that's what that would be because you have no parental influence you have no tv influence you have no friends social you don't see anything you don't have the influence of nature you know you're literally just conscious yeah yeah. The only thing you're conscious of is the taste of of your various foods. But if you got pudding every single day or oatmeal, even that would be one dimensional. That is literally the definition of abuse because of you take away humanity and what you're left with is basically, you know, I wouldn't want to say animal, but, you know, something that is no long no longer conscious no longer able to interact with the world to us that is a travesty it's devastating mm-hmm. cuz then no one would ever have individuality self thought growth you're just fucking there until you die in a blank white space that was the scariest part about interstellar is he is is that's what's so scary about the fourth dimension is being locked in a place where you're no longer able to be nurtured or natured by anything. Yeah. Other than thought. Yeah. Seeing that you're still filtering it through yourself. I guess, I guess it's hard to say, I guess maybe I'm thinking of like a, uh, like a animism or panpsychism kind of thing. Like the idea that consciousness is, like we we're just the antenna you know like there's something we're we're just channeling awareness and consciousness through us right so then if if you remove the individual that the consciousness is still there it's not that you know you lose a light of consciousness you know we're just filtering it you know say more about that <laughs> all right i'm just pitballing here this is this is this is new to me so all right so okay so the idea that there's consciousness is is what's the phrase a priori when it's like pre-existing everything okay all right so consciousness is pre-existing right it's just this sort of amorphous maybe kind of glowing just just present thing you know and then god and then we're the ones that are channeling it we're we're filtering it through right we are the we're the limbs the fingers of that consciousness so i'm wondering if you remove all of my all of my conditioning all of that like can i merge back into pure consciousness i don't think so i think once paint is, <laughs> i think i think once white of uh, even one bucket of uh, take the the uh the uh, invisible man right ralph allison oh great yeah there's that crucial and like moving scene at the paint shop he works at like sherwin williams or something and like the racist dude tells him like yeah these have to be mixed perfectly because even one drop right of black in 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 a in a can of paint no matter white paint no matter how big the can is it will change the pigment forever yeah Right. So even one drop of thought into a conscious brain will forever change its 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 present state, you know, and I don't think you could go back there. I think you could convince yourself that you've fallen so much into an ideology that you've achieved oneness. But that I think mm-hmm. that's just a complete you have achieved a complete encapsulation yeah uh, manifested and fabricated so thing. so that that's the most delusion that, it is that's the pure most delusion exactly. that's pure delusion mis- right. mistaken as pure consciousness and think about it whoa and uh, you know <laughs> even <laughs> think about it just from an average american or pers- persona per- perspective right of like yeah 
somebody who said they reached enlightenment, you know, sure. whether that person, you know, whatever the case is in the thought of an average, you know, like Bill Maher, Dion, Sasha, Baron Cohen, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that person's the most encapsulated, you know, uh, indoctrinated, constructed, you know, foul for it sucker of them all you know mm, mm. man i like this conversation it's like it's it's making me think so what's death so could death then be that kind of like i guess enlightenment where where i mean what is death if not the very very real release of conditioning ideology self everything that you thought you were is just you're taking off the clothing it's gone right right you know could death be just merging back into unity merging back into a uh, pure consciousness oh sure <clears throat> and maybe that's what pure consciousness is is the feeling that you know when we sleep and not necessarily dream right we're in a sense where we're in a state of pure consciousness where you're not conscious of yourself right you are right. your sleep, you're breathing your body, but you're not. And that's that was always like one really like I thought comforting thing about like the, you know, the fear mongering of the JWs was you either get into paradise or you go to sleep forever, you know, and eternal rest. It's like there's a scripture that says like eternal peaceful rest. Listen, man, I went to sleep last night. If nobody woke me up, including my body i would have never have known you know so comfortable it's like the fan on freaking unconscious thought baby yeah yeah it's consciousness when you're aware of yourself boom then you you would immediately get fear right and yeah. that's that's how we know that it's not necessarily possible either baby's born doesn't know anybody hasn't been nurtured or anything for anything yeah what's the first thing baby does fucking cry fear because you're aware of yourself mm. and that's why it would be an abuse to take away all these things from someone right wild and that's interesting because you said fear so the first thing baby does is cry because there's fear and there's fear because there's awareness of self there's there's there is an individual there there's there's me and then there's the world and i'm scared right now right exactly and so you need somebody to take care of you the parent right so then if you so is it is it that individuated self from which fear arises if if you can slough off your individuated self would fear dissipate because then there's no one to fear for well i don't think we would be human anymore yeah you know, the, the the i think what separates uh, you know humans from other species is is the the immediate self-awareness yeah without being self-aware what the fuck are you you know you're just it's not it's not possible or you would have a severe mental problems right you know you'd be disassociating from yourself which is also called schizophrenia so right 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 but even in times of that you're still identifying right and according to religion the only way to unidentify from the self is by embracing their ideology and right so there's no way to do it because either way you're embracing some sort of categorization of identity right which brings us back to sasha baron cohen and why he uh knows everything right because he's the clarence tarot there is no no attachment to ideologies religions thought forms whatever i mean it's i mean that's what i like in 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 some religious traditions where you do get these figures that kind of like make it to the top of that institution and then just abandon the institution right you know and there's a few of them you know who are just like oh there's actually nothing here and then sure but it also fits sasha fits our our later hypotheses too though that he's quite possibly on the other spectrum the most 
you know, indoctrinated person in in the in all of those films. I mean, the guy's out there because of his own ideology and morality, trying right. to make satirize and make fools of people that he disagrees with. More, you know? Yeah. See, what's that too? I mean, talk about how you know our psychology, our childhood conditioning, all of that creates you know who we become as adults what's his stuff you know it's like why did he become borat why why does he play the fool so much is it did something happen to him where he's just desperate for attention constantly you know i wonder if in a lot of performers if that's like a a thing that they're just totally desperate for attention or if it's just like again sincere authentic this is just his uh way of being and can't do anything else he's a true artist you know well i think artists musician writers you know philosophers scholars it all goes hand in hand you know you're it's 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 both it's it's a uh part of it is a call to narcissism you know Mm. um going back to uh going back to becoming human you know the reflection of the self and trying to make the self thyself, you know, expressed and known. What did Carver say? What's the most repeated line, you know, of Carver's work? Did you get what you wanted out of this life? Tess tells him. He says, I did. And she says, what did you want? And he says, I wanted to love and to be loved, to be beloved and to love. Right. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> I think that's a call to the artist too, you know, is to not only to express oneself, the comedian, but also to be loved for thy expression. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So. But you want to be loved for the expression because what you're expressing is something that you care deeply about, you know. Right. Right. The best artists can do that, actually do that, you know. Mm. And whether that's a a visual representation, a literal one, photography, or an abstract, you know. Yeah, whatever it is. uh, A landscape, whatever it is, it's still an expression of how that person feels about, you know, expression of identity in some way. Yeah. Yeah, that makes me think. I've been reading the Bhagavad Gita in in honor of Oppenheimer, and... um, one thing I, I've gotten from it that that I really like is um, they say don't take action with I'm trying to think how to say this. He goes, don't worry about results. Whatever you're doing, he goes, act without expectation of results. And I think that's maybe, you know, similar to what you're saying now in terms of like the artist writer whoever you know just creating just flow stage just just letting it out without getting overly concerned about you know what what recognition am i going to get for this am i am i improving my craft am i getting good at this um am i better than that person over there is someone going to pay me for this you know but to just sort of like let go of all expectation for results but do it anyway so you're just in a flow state creating on behalf of the jareds thank you for listening rate like and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode we will be back next week and always remember science is naive it is always focused on finding the truth but it never considers how few actually want to find it Until next time, high five.